0: I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started
1: by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney, Trent PR, Illinois, Community Voices, and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, joined by so many people. I'm going to start with my co-host, Mr. Brett Rutherford. Well,
2: hello there.
1: Hello. And my other co-host, Ms. Vanessa Ferguson.
3: Hey there.
1: And then we have some guests joining us. So our first guest is from Front Row Classics. He's the host of Classics. He's making it classy over here. And his name is Brandon Davis. How are you? Hello, doing just fine. And the other person that's joining us is my wife, Anna McFarland, who you've heard on a bunch of different episodes. And also her and Vanessa do a book show as well for the Front Row Network. So welcome back, Anna.
4: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Tonight, we're going to talk all things bed knobs, broomsticks, and Nazis. So we're going to uh, dive right into it here. And we all had the fun opportunity to watch this together last night. And so this is pretty fresh and top of mind. But uh, I thought that maybe we just kind of start off by, you know, we all just experienced watching this again, relatively recently within the last 24 hours. So I thought I'd just kind of go around and see what everybody's impressions were off of that viewing in particular. And I can start with Brett.
2: Oh, well, I think visually I enjoyed it so much more because the copy was so clear. I mean, I remember watching it on VHS where it has a little bit of that VHS sort of dinge. I don't know. It's just that special quality of, you know, of that clamshell box. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it was gorgeous. It was really cool to see it so pristine. I don't know if it had a, um, if it was restored or not, but it just looked great. So I enjoyed that. That was my f- first takeaway.
1: You know, I think that it was they've said that they're going back in all those classics. They are going back and restoring. And we saw like that when we did 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, that movie looked absolutely beautiful. And then you see the scenes from Swiss Family Robinson, much of the same. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't go back in on Disney Plus and really up the quality and uh, restore this film to even better than it had ever been before. So, uh, Vanessa, your thoughts on the uh, recent viewing?
3: I am surprised by the plot because I feel as though I may have repressed quite a bit of what happens in this movie. You had mentioned early on that we should watch this and that there are Nazis in it. And I thought you were absolutely insane. I I don't remember any Nazis appearing in this movie. And there are a ton of Nazis, Nazis in the beginning, Nazis in the end. And yeah, I don't remember any of that. So this viewing was quite the surprise. A few things I did remember after watching them. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember trying to sit on a broom like that. I remember, you know, bobbing along, as they say. But yeah, no, I did not remember this movie for the most part.
1: I, I'm in the same position you are, because really, for me, it was like the one or two songs that came through. But then I do remember for whatever reason. And maybe it's because of the terrifying visuals that we can get into a little bit later. But uh, the I do remember the Nazis for whatever reason. That's what stuck with me from this film. And I hadn't probably seen this in like... Several decades. I mean, it, it's it been at least 25 years since I've seen this film. And for whatever reason, that's what stuck with me. But Brandon, you're a classics guy. Talk to us. What, uh, what about this viewing of it? Did you enjoy? Did you like being in the BTM group and having to deal with us? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm probably the one out of the five of us that has seen this the most recently. I probably watch this once a year, I'm thinking because oh, really? oh, good. Because wow. when I was because when I was growing up, I had like like five go-to movies that I would watch. It would be Mary Poppins, Wizard of Oz, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, Pete's Dragon, and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It was those five. So, and they were all like 60s, 70s live action fantasy movies. So this is, uh, this. Probably my earliest memories of watching a movie are of this movie, I think, oh, going wow. back when i think when I think back but but, yeah, no, it was fun. It was nice hearing some takes I had never heard before, really <laughs> about the movie, which we can probably get into a little later uh but but no no it it's always fun i like uh it was fun like you all rediscovering things about the movie that you had forgotten you know over the decades that I you know occasionally brush up on every twelve months or so. <laughs> So, but no, no, it's a it's a long-time favorite and uh I'm I'm always glad when I get to watch it.
1: Anna, were you glad you got to watch it?
4: Yeah, it had been eons since I'd seen it last. I was probably like eight or nine the last time I saw the movie. And uh, I thought I remembered a whole bunch from it. And I remembered nothing. I remembered like the last scene, the opening credits, like there's random things here and there that I remembered. And then the one that big, the big one that stuck out for me was Substitutiary Locomotion, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but I'm like, oh my goodness, that still lives in my head as well. Uh, So it was just kind of neat to see some of those things come back. I was Extremely surprised by what it's really about because I didn't remember any of that, but it was a good time watching it with y'all.
1: There was a moment last night when we started, you know, when they started going into bobbing along uh, the briny sea. And for some reason, I had forgot about that song, I guess. But then immediately in my memory, it was like, oh, no, you know, the you will know all the words to this yeah, song, like, you yes. know, this exact scene. And so it's funny how your brain can do that to you, because like it wasn't something that I had remembered really going into it. But then it, there it was It just immediately it popped right in. Uh, and so, Brandon, I think that we're going to rely on you to talk to us a lot about how this movie came to be so this is 1971 is i believe the release date although I, I i've been hearing that it's celebrating its 50th anniversary so was that last year or is it really like was it one of those it was last year that was 50th anniversary okay yeah, so probably- it did come out in 1971 uh-huh. this is going to be uh you know about six years or so after mary poppin several years after walt's death as well and so put us into the the studio system here what's going on at disney and uh why this movie why did they bring this movie out? to us
0: well this was a this was a children's book that walt had had his eye on for a while and actually this was going to be the movie if pl travers did not give them the rights to do poppins this was going to be the movie that they did instead so so it had been on walt's mind for a while he wanted to do it but he thought it would be technically more difficult than poppins so he brushed it to the side but the sherman brothers had already written a lot of the songs for it so they really Uh, once poppins was over wanted walt to kick the production of this in gear and uh it's funny you know the the briny sea bobbing along was a song that was originally written for poppins but they didn't have time for it so they put Mm -hmm. it in this movie um but but yeah no and then of course walt passes away in 1966 while um bedknobs is in pre-production so it's one of the many projects that you know they sort of had to carry on after his death but i read i didn't realize this was the last disney movie that was released when uh roy disney senior was still alive so Mm. so this is the last movie where any of the disney brothers had any kind of say over it but yeah no it was it's definitely capitalizing off of pop and success same director same composer same producer um a couple same cast members so definitely trying to uh capitalize off of the success of that and um you know it's not i consider poppins a perfect movie this movie isn't quite a perfect movie but it definitely has its own charms which is why i've always loved it
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Like, again, walking off the set of Mary Poppins is George Banks and walking onto the set of Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I mean, uh, David Tomlinson, he looks identical. I mean, they didn't even try to. (laughs) I was telling you all yesterday, I was joking that they should have at least had him shave his mustache or something, because it does really look like he just gets done flying that kite. And then he walks over to uh, Mushroom Road and and, and visits them over
2: there. It's his twin brother. His twin brother. he always yeah
0: had, uh, well and he a couple of years before this i love david thompson's the villain and the love bug and, and he's hysterical bugs. in that and he looks he looks just like george banks in that too just with <laughs> just with a racing helmet on
1: <laughs> really it's just george banks's world and we're all living, saving mr banks right there right, right? um <laughs> it just keeps going on and going on but uh vanessa so talk to me about some of the actors in this film and i, I think we have to start with angela lansbury right
3: Yes. Yes, we do. Because she is lovely. I love her. I love her as a witch. I love her and all the murders she writes. I love her at, when she murders people and puts them in pies. I love her. And I think she was great in this movie. And, you know, I guess I, I don't know. I guess I never really thought of Mary Poppins as a witch. But it is interesting to compare the two. And because they both are quite magical and I, I have a fondness for both. I don't think I could pick. It's just a little bit, I think actually I relate to Angela a lot more cause she's bad. She's not very good at being a witch. She's really bad with that broom. And so, you know, I can't see Mary Poppins falling off of a darn thing. So I loved her in this movie and yeah, I I think she was great and she was in her forties. So heck yeah. Having a romance. Being a witch, what
4: more could you want for your 40s? Well, now,
1: Anna, now I have to ask you the question Is Mary Poppins a witch?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, she has, I don't know, magical qualities.
3: Well, sure. I had heard like people have come, have tried to connect even the, this is going to send Brett off on a tangent, but people (laughs) have tried to connect Mary Poppins to, the harry potter world and that she Mm -hmm. might be you know from hogwarts so i've read this online yeah
2: you're safe you're in a safe place we just don't talk about the park
3: i didn't say the park or the studios i just you You can talk about
2: the studios i think
3: okay so yeah yeah, you're okay with
1: warner brothers yeah. I'm okay with one.
2: Okay. <laughs> right. I wanted to make sure, but that's, it's just
1: really interesting. You know, you talk about, I think uh, what Angela Lansbury brings to this role is sort of that, like, she's really excited about working through being a witch and like learning these things. You don't really get that with Poppins because she is practically perfect in every way. I mean, it's, it, those, that's where the characters really start to diverge, right. Is because there's like an eagerness to um, miss price that you get that you, you kind of see this like she's trying to learn she's trying to grab this professor and learn even more and, and oh no now the apparently the school of witchcraft and wizardry is closed uh and i immediately that might like my mind when they said that i was like oh no hogwarts is closed what happened uh but it's it's just really cool to see her kind of work with the children in that same sort of Poppins relationship. But again, she seems more eager to go into the, the magical nature of everything. Brett, your thoughts on uh, Angela Blansbury. I,
2: I love her. Love her for all the reasons that pretty much everyone gave. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, she, she wasn't considered a singer probably, you know, before her name and all of that. And she did all that. And then came to this, uh, Movie, so with some Broadway creds, and yeah, so it was great. She was great, I enjoyed her very much.
1: Yeah, and I only asked you about whether or not Mary Poppins was a witch. So, I mean, if you wanted to elaborate on (laughs) anything with this character in particular,
4: yeah, I think, uh, for me, what came to mind right away was kind of a bewitched quality. Like, I remember thinking it feels kind of like that show to me, uh, just the way it. Comes out in her character, but I love it. I love all of that, and I think it's just a really neat take on it—something a little bit different.
1: So we've already talked about the David Tomlinson verse, but I do want to get your opinion on both of these leads, Brandon, as well, um, and sort of where they're at as far as, of course, Angela Lansbury. You know, she's still uh, so she's so revered in what we love about not only Disney but in pop culture and everything else with what she would go on to do. But can you uh, talk to us about? Really, either of these two? I don't want to shortchange you and say you can't talk about Angela Lansbury because I know that you're a fan.
0: I am, and she's still kicking at ninety six. So there's a there's she she and Dick Van Dyke are you know eating the same wheaties. Um, but but no, I uh, I love Angela Lansbury. Uh, it, her her career is so interesting to me because you know she didn't really become a huge star until she was in her forties. She'd been around you know a character actress in her 20s and 30s and here she was in her 20s and 30s always playing women in their 50s and 60s because she had such an older look about her and then she gets to Broadway and finally becomes a star so Uh, but no this is her first time ever doing something for Disney and then of course 20 years later I think exactly 20 years later she does the voice of Mrs. Potts I think I, I saw her in a I saw her in an interview where she said she does something for Disney every 20 years. So it was Bedknobs, then Beauty and the Beast, then Mary Poppins Returns 20 years after that. So uh, she said, my next time working for Disney, I'll be 115 or something like that. (laughs) that but but no i i love angela lansbury i think she she's one of those actresses i always say before there was meryl streep there was angela lansbury because she could do anything Mm -hmm. and do all kinds of accents do any kind of role but i yeah i i I love her in this she's got a warmth that's um different than julie andrews has got this very sunny um sunny disposition kind of warmth angela lansbury is a little pricklier but she also has this great warmth about her too that i think really comes through and she's great at working with these kid actors and uh, she's great at doing both comedy and drama and i i love because eglantine price is a flawed character like you mentioned unlike mary poppins and uh she she really brings that out and i like her chemistry with uh You know, David Tomlinson isn't somebody who you would typically cast as kind of a leading man, you know, in a Dick Van Dyke kind of way. But uh, the two of them work well together, and she works well with him, and sort of brings out the best in him, I think too. I don't think he ever really got to play kind of a leading man, except in this movie. Normally, he was the secondary character.
1: Brett, do you have anything uh, you wanted to add about his portrayal? And then I really want to get into talking about these kids because I think they're hilarious.
2: Why don't we just go to the kids? Yeah. Okay, we can go to the kids unless great. anybody has... I enjoy unless, this performance. There, go okay,
1: ahead. okay. Any. Okay, so the kids in this film are... they They are kind of jerks, and I kind of love it. <laughs> I kind of love how much they push back in this film. And it was something that I didn't think... I don't think I remembered having watched it so long ago but like really paying attention to them they kind of keep up their orneriness like the entire time and the entire film and i really enjoyed that a lot and it helped kind of propel that plot but it also it, it developed that relationship with miss price so much because she was able to be snarky back at them and so it was just a really fun uh fun grouping of the kids along with her as well vanessa your any additional thoughts there
3: Oh, I agree with you. They well, I wouldn't say they are jerks. First of all, they are scrappy kids who have not had a home yet, and so they're making do. Uh, that eldest one is a bit of a negotiator. He's not my favorite, uh, and the youngest one stole
2: oh, the, the yeah.
3: door, the the bed knob. Well, that yes. is a piece of furniture, sir, that is not yours to keep, but <laughs> but she's very kind and says that it's his and only he can, you know, use it, uh, which I'm like, listen, he, we would have had a magical twine had I been the witch there. That bed knob would have been right back on the bed. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they did a great job. And it is interesting to, to see them especially that eldest one playing this very kind of mature role and having to negotiate in this adult world. Wow. Um, and then the youngest one is just super cute. I just love he's got this super thick accent and nobody listens to him. And as the baby of the family, I totally, I relate. <laughs> Aww.
1: Again, the interactions that they all have is just, it, it, be, it lends to the magic of the film. Brandon, uh, anything on the the kiddos?
0: Now I love what uh, what's been said before you know unlike uh, Jane and Michael and Mary Poppins who are just so totally you know, enraptured by everything that's going on. These kids kind of have to be convinced. Of, <laughs> you know, okay, we're going to do this now. And there, they—you're right—they uh, they do push back. And I love, I love the character of Charlie because he's a little shyster. <laughs> he, he tries to, uh, he tries to bribe several adults in this movie, which is great. Um, but, but no, no, I, I I love it. I think all three of them work well together, and they're very natural. They don't feel Hollywoody. They're not your typical Hollywood child actors they're very much you can tell that they come from you know british theater or british film which was a little more um earthy in the early 70s so uh yeah they're they're not your typical disney kids and i think that works well for this movie because it's a little more even with all the fantasy elements it's a little more down to earth
1: i do want to talk about the fantasy elements though and brett maybe that's where i can go to you because of the visual effects for this film. You know, we were watching it last night and it's kind of, it's a bit of a trip to go through uh, where the where the bed's going to go. But can you uh, talk about their use of visual effects in this film and uh, what your thoughts are on that?
2: Um. Well, I guess this was pre-computer generated. Hey, wouldn't you think? So I, I'm guessing that everything was animated by hand. You know, I mean, I kept pointing out Peter Ellenshaw, Matt, Matt paintings, Matt paintings, <laughs> you know, just because they, well, it's his, his work is rather iconic, but I'm like going, it was just kind of fun to point that out and spoil that for you. But, um, but you know, the trippiness of the bed, you know, it's just kind of fun, you know, and then there was, I, I don't know, it was Willie or Willy Wonka before this. This was the same year. It was the same year. Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting because kind of the, the light tunnel thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there are some, you know, well, maybe 70s influences or the artists were, you know, had some 70s influences. Um, but, yeah, it was just fun. I just enjoyed it, you know. I I think what, uh, you know, this isn't really a wrap-up question, but since you're talking about the design, I just found it all charming. You know, some of it, you could tell that it's, uh, it was a – cousin to mary poppins at least visually um or a sibling even you know so i'm same people so yeah so I, I i enjoyed that it was you know trippy and fun and if it came out the same year that is really interesting so thank you brandon sure. is, you give us you give us so much when you come to visit
1: it is. It is only because of people like you, Brett and Brandon, that I know Peter Ellenshaw. Uh, and so immediately, when you see those matte paintings in the back, you're like, "Oh, that's what." And I, I notice his name in the credits at the beginning. Yeah, also, this is that. the the um, art animation was done by Ward Kimball, so one of Walt's night old men as well. And so you can sort of see those influences trip- in here. Yes, trip- really. <laughs> Really, really interesting that it came out the same year as Willy Wonka because immediately when we're watching that initial flying through uh, and when they're traveling to, I think it's Portobello Road at that point, isn't it? The first, the first spot that they travel to, and the just seeing that, I was like instantly, I was in that tunnel with Willy yeah. Wonka and with Ooh, Gene Wilder, and yeah. so it's very much the same, like same kind of influence there's there for sure. You're also someone that really enjoys the visual aesthetics of a film, <laughs> Anna. Can you? Uh, chat about this a bit
4: yeah it was just neat to see like that kind of what we just mentioned those influences and to see the 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 nice 70s treatment to some of these scenes but it was fun I thought it was neat to see um, I like it when they turn the bed knob for the first time and it lights up and it glows and you see him transport off like that to me I remember sticking out especially as a child how magical that is And thinking, oh my gosh, I want a bed with a bed knob now. Why do I not have a bed knob? I remember that being a question. Why can't I have one? Because I want to be able to go places and it's hard when you don't have a bed knob. Um, (laughs) So just seeing the treatment like that and make it, it was so real. Like that's what I remember, especially as a child thinking this is all so real. It could just happen at any minute. Um, Not so much this watch through. I could see a lot of those um, things that maybe I you know it's not as suspenseful this time for me but uh it was a great watch through still
1: i'm wondering if you know brandon you mentioned that walt had said that he thought that this would take a bit more uh technical budget and it might be a bit more expensive in that way but It's interesting because when I look at these two films and they're like, we keep comparing Mary Poppins and bed knobs and broomsticks because literally you have to, but when I'm looking at both of these, I don't know if it's maybe the practical effects that happen in Mary Poppins, some of the different, you know, that's where one of our first animatronics comes from and that little bird and everything else. But for whatever reason, I was seeing this yesterday and I don't want to take away from this film at all but I kept thinking that this seemed like a cheaper version of Mary Poppins in the in the effects that were happening and Vanessa seems to be agreeing with me Brett seems to be protesting me so let's go to Vanessa first and uh maybe get her reaction to that and then I definitely want to talk to Brandon and Brett as well.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I I I don't know if it's because of this the sets seemed a little bit more refined uh with like Mary Poppins seeming to be like turn of the century uh maybe a little later. yeah, no, I think it's turn of the century with Brandon Brandon is Mary poppins turn <laughs> of the century.
0: yeah it's what what is what is mr banks uh, it's great to be an Englishman in nineteen ten so this would be thirty okay. years after poppins then in the okay top line. okay.
3: Yeah, so I know that the timeline's later, but it's still I don't know. And so maybe maybe it is the sets that make it seem cheaper, because uh, we have this like dingy looking road. Well, and I guess and- <laughs> maybe
1: that part of that is supposed to be like war torn Europe, right? Or war torn yeah. England? Yeah, maybe
3: maybe um, that's it. But I, you know, I. I w-
1: I almost thought it's the Nazis, yeah. But I almost thought about it like even more so in the way that the effects were done. And maybe it's because, to me, Mary Poppins travels to more places and so the sets don't stay the same. This seemed like a... I don't know. I could see this being more of like a studio set than I can even Cherry Tree Lane for some reason. And I don't know why it necessarily that struck me that way. But, but Brett, I think uh, you, you put your hand up when I said yes. that. So I think you have uh, something you'd like to say.
2: I did some quick uh, research and um, I'm thinking that it's possible that the influences visually were, I checked in Yellow Submarine, uh, was 1968 it looked like. Um, and so that was very sort of psychedelic and that was kind of influence. And also the artist, Peter Max, um, was also kind of in the sort of same sort of pop look. So, uh, yeah, so I just, I thought those references, I'm like going, so the people that, uh, you know, that did the, the animation and the special effects, you know, did take on kind of the, um, the aesthetic of the time period as well. So I found that sort of interesting.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Brandon, uh, do you think that this movie looks, di- I mean, of course, this is a dumb question in that everything would look different if Walt was alive and supervising things and whatnot. But I'm wondering, based on just your comments earlier, it's got me thinking what a Walt's version of Bedknobs and Broomsticks might look like. And to me, I think it might push the boundaries even further visually, but what are your thoughts on the visuals of this film?
0: Well, uh, well, first of all, this did win the Oscar for visual effects. I looked that up. Um, But, but also um, I, I think it's pretty well known that after Walt died, especially on the motion picture side of things a lot of uh corners were cut in terms of costs for the following decade which is why the 70s and 80s were considered the dark ages um i mean if you look at the animated movies like aristocats rescuers robin hood it's a lot cheaper looking than animated movies that came before that so on the live action end i'm sure that uh corners were cut too on that end so i if you know certainly had Walt still been around i'm sure there would have been a lot more pristine looking sets and uh, you know special effects but you know for 1971 and for the practical stuff except especially in terms of like the finale um you know it's pretty pretty impressive but you know i was thinking even though it, as fun as you know the animated sequences in this movie are they aren't quite as elegant looking as like the poppins um animated sequences they look a little more you know just regular cartoony um but you, you know i think like i said this movie has a different tone than other movies so it lends well to that but um but yeah i'm sure you know had walt you know been around to supervise everything we would have had a much more I don't know, much more pristine looking bed knobs. Although, you know, like we mentioned, it's war-torn England in the 40s. So you can't be as pristine as 1910, you know, England.
1: And, you know, it's interesting because Roy Disney is still the CEO at this time. Roy Uh O. Disney, that is. And he's always known, we know as Disney fans, that... He was the person that Walt would have to go to and essentially beg for money. And they uh-huh. they actually got in a lot of these heated arguments over financials. And so Roy, at the same time, this is being in production and coming to fruition. He's trying to oversee the Florida project, which yeah. has become Walt Disney World. And so this is, there's a lot of money going out of the studio and out of the company at this moment. And so maybe that's what I'm rubbing up against here. And again, I, it's just hard to compare it like to me. I think Walt put all of his heart and soul into Mary Poppins. We see that in stories like Saving Mr. Banks and how important that particular film was for him and the Oscar push that he goes on to do for that film. Everything about that film is almost like his crowning achievement. And so it might be even unfair to this film to put it up against that moniker and and to say like that this... that it has to be like held to the same standard, but it is just interesting that all of that's happening at about the same time. I do want to start diving into some of our favorite scenes or songs, because again, you mentioned it was the Sherman brothers and that uh, this is a really fun movie, even though it is set in kind of a war torn Europe and a war torn England. The, the Nazis of course are the uh, villains of the film, but they're done in a way that makes them seem so, Uh, trivial in in some way and almost like cartoonish in how terrible they are at, you know, they're, they're definitely trying to poke fun at the Nazis here, which I think we can all uh, appreciate for sure. But is there, Brett, did you want to lead us off with some favorite scenes or some moments?
2: Well, I, if I may speak to the Nazi moment for just a, just a brief moment. I think that in 1971 uh, I think the idea of Nazis as charming sort of Keystone Cops uh, kind of was a little bit more uh, acceptable um, at that point. Only now we kind of see, uh, I don't know, uh, if not the resurgence of that movement, at least sort of uh, indications that that movement is not, Gone. Um, So that's how we that's why we were semi jokingly calling this bed knobs and Nazis. But uh, but anyway, so I think um, we have to look at the time period and that this would they were no no longer really considered a threat at that time. And
0: this was also the era, this was the era of Hogan's Heroes too, which right. had yeah. funny we we had funny Nazis on TV every right. week. Right? Yeah. So,
2: I was yeah. Of that too. So so yeah. Well, favorite scenes. Oh, do I get to go? Do I get to? Oh my gosh. Okay. Sure, Brett. <laughs> well, I'm like going. Okay. Well. Um, uh, bobbing along under the beautiful briny sea is just my favorite. In fact, um, I I, th- I might have said this, and I don't know if that you got the reference, but when um, in the parks at Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, there's uh, when we go under the sea and oops, sorry, spoil, spoiler alert for Brandon, sorry. There's points that I'm like going, Oh, look at the bed, bed, and broomsticks influence. So there's a park influence with that too. So I enjoyed that, but just the dancing and all of the, you know, the underwater dancing and wireworks and all of that sort of stuff and trying to spot, okay, who's doing that when the real Mrs. You know, the real <laughs> Angela Lansbury or the, you know, the underwater sea version, you know, stunt person. You know, I know, I I was kind of spoiling it for myself, but anyway, it was kind of fun to do that. But anyway, the song is just charming, and the bed floats, and they dance, and I just enjoy that. And I also enjoy the look of that whole sort of experience, so I just enjoyed that. That was just a great song. I was singing along. I was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good thing we didn't stay on the voice call with you then, because we would have oh, had would it have in enjoyed. stereo.
2: You would have enjoyed
1: I would have enjoyed it for sure. But no, it's a great song. And, you know, the Sherman brothers are so good. at. And you mentioned, Brandon, I didn't know that it was something that was maybe cut from Mary Poppins. And maybe we do see kind of a return to that in Mary Poppins Returns when she gets to take her uh, turn going under the water as well. And that's a major scene in that film. But yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. I actually really thinking back on like the scenes I truly enjoyed. I like when we first meet uh Miss Price, I, I like that you see her on this like weird gas powered motorcycle and you sort of, she establishes the character right away. And I think that that's Angela Lansbury's acting chops coming in that you can really know exactly what you're going to get from this character within the first couple of lines that she gives while she's just collecting her broomstick. I also enjoy that. It's very clearly a broomstick. (laughs) I I love that. it like, they, they don't try to, to bury the lead there at all. And uh, it, I really enjoy that. But Anna, did you have a favorite scene you wanted to chat about?
4: Yeah, I think my favorite one is just the first time we see uh, the substitutionary locomotion with the tap shoes, or I like to think of their tap shoes, um, the shoes yes. that come to life and they start dancing around. And that was just kind of a magical moment to see them dance together. And it's just really cute. And it's one that uh, was just really impactful. I just like the way that that scene's done
1: yeah Brandon did you have any moments I know you watch this like you could probably have a moment for every uh, year of your life no.
0: No, even though it's in, in Brett's words you have to pack a lunch for it I do like Portobello Road just because it's cool to see all the different cultures um, that, that, that they try to bring in from England at the time and if you watch there is a that number was cut by a few minutes so it's even longer um, wow. so they, they bring in Australian uh, dancers at one point they bring it so it's, it's cool to see all that it's kind of it's their version of step in time i think so it's uh it's a lot of fun to uh see that and you know angela Lansbury gets to dance in it every the, the kids get into it i i enjoy that number it feels like an old-fashioned uh 1940s movie musical number
2: australian dancers oh yeah. my gosh i need to see that cut i mean what is an australian dance <laughs> i don't know sorry, sorry. <laughs> Another podcast now yeah. i'm thinking of Whatever that you know, that no. Australian movie, but, yeah.
0: But I also, but I also like, uh, but yeah, uh, bobbing along. Of course, is still the highlight of the movie for me, though.
1: Brett, when we go uh, deep dive on Rescuers Down Under, we will figure yeah. out uh, who we need to oh. talk to about Australian dancing. Okay.
2: Okay, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Which, I by know. the way, is the superior Rescuers. I'm just going to throw it out there. I've it heard
2: is... that. I haven't seen Down Under.
1: Oh man, we got to watch that at some point, Vanessa. Any other scenes you wanted to mention here before we can talk about this wonderful nightmare fuel fight at the end?
3: Yes, because my favorite scene has not been mentioned yet. And that is the first time that we see the bed in action. And before it travels, we see the luxurious luxuriousness that is this bedding. When I was growing up, all we had was a pillow, a blanket, and one fitted sheet and a small mattress. And this lady, she's pulling back sheet after sheet after blanket after blanket, four pillows, four pillows on that bed. Oh my gosh. And then they like put the sheet back. I used to like take, I remember this now. I used to take, uh try to get another sheet and then like put it over just so I could have like the same bedding. <laughs> As her and like over my parents' bed. Because so I'm like, this is how she makes the bed. You've been doing it wrong, you fools. You American <laughs> fools. Anyway, um, yeah, oh man, doesn't that bed look so comfy? And it travels. I mean, that's much better than flying <laughs> yes, on a plane. It. Um, yeah, and then we get to see the the bed knob like glow and come to life, and it's it's all very, very exciting. Cause you're wondering. Now, I know we watch this again, but as you're watching it, you're kind of wondering, like, how's this gonna work? How are they gonna animate this to make this bed travel? And it, it's really exciting. And I, I think they did such a great job; very worthy of an Oscar, I have yeah. to say myself.
0: You, you also enjoyed the head scarves. The...
3: Yes. Can we bring those back? I don't like anytime I like travel, I want to put a head scarf on. I don't you know. Can do that,
2: you will bring back I'm going the too <laughs> And the men.
3: And their hats. Yeah. Mr. I don't know. He's Mr. Banks. Mr. Banks wearing a hat the whole time. I <laughs> thought, you know, this is so great. Guys, you got to bring back the hats. We'll bring back the head scars and we'll look very classy. Mm, dapper.
0: Well, definitely
1: like the, you know, my the the head, the hair's gone. So I need to wear the hats <laughs> all the time, at least when the sun is out, for sure. Uh, but it's really funny because I laughed like I was literally laughing out loud when in that group thread you put guys this bed is dope it looks hella comfy <laughs> that was did. that was the quotes from vanessa last night so it's just great just great now there's a lot of really fun uh scenes in this and i'll tell you it is considerably shorter i believe than poppins is it really kind of gets in and gets out and it does show you the end of the film in the opening credits which i think is really interesting because that's something that i didn't really remember uh in this viewing and i was like as the opening credits were going on you see this like army of uh, ghosts or whatever of spirits or what 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 would
2: they be what would they be considered locomotion beings there
3: inanimate objects moving
2: okay on to life Paltergeps. through magic yeah through magic Okay, and
1: then you you see them fighting the Nazis, and uh, clearly we we get our victory. You it basically spoils the movie for you uh, right at the very beginning, doesn't it?
3: But I don't know. I, that is okay. I know we're gonna talk about gripes here, but that is my big gripe. With this movie, it's like she she was successful in scaring off the Nazis. Why didn't she take the show on the road? Instead, she <laughs> sends off George Banks, who can barely do magic. All he can do is turn himself into a rabbit. Why didn't she go fight the Nazis? But no, she had to go stay home and raise these children.
2: But she if found that, the way. that that really wasn't her gift, you know? She, I, I know. I mean, I'm like going... Give, give did, yourself some you credit.
3: How Nancy many Nazis were there? <laughs> She's giving off
2: I'm
0: like, every oh,
3: single one. Well,
2: well you, you you
0: mentioned him her sending him off. That's another thing I love about the, the old home guard, all the oh, old men at yeah. the beginning marching. That's a I great
3: <laughs> that made me so sad though. Well Admiral
2: Boom's in it, isn't he?
3: Admiral Boom is
0: the head guy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, those six years or whatever were not experienced <laughs> for him. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I think it's I think I think this was his last movie from what I read. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I mean glad that he was there for
1: it. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it so you get this scene at the end and this probably was technically difficult to do. I mean, how would they have they they would have had to rig all this up with wire, right? Is that basically how they would have done this at this point? No, you don't think so, Anna. I
2: think there's a combination. I think it's a combination because, um, because the, the nightgown goes from, uh, looks like there's possibly someone in the nightgown, uh, Um. and then, um, and then, and also with the with all of the different types of military, uh, armor, some of it looks like, you know, that there were, uh. Inhabitants, actors, those inhabitants, <laughs> and we call inhabitants. We call them actors. There, yeah, we call them actors, and then and then some of it was special effects, you know, like wires and all that sort of stuff. It was, you know, I know that's kind of the magic. No, 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 it was all magic, and they did the substitutionary locum. Substitutiary locomotion. Yeah. So they did that and then they all you know, they just got a bunch of armor and just did the the spell and you know could you know do your thing, we'll film it. Vanessa's dying. <laughs> but Vanessa, are you okay? Yes.
1: <laughs> I love did that. that you I explanation? Yourself. <laughs> explanation?
3: What is this explanation?
2: <laughs> it's magic hello i'm the, the disney star. person here i'm just like drawing.
3: and it was magic
2: and they filmed it and it was good
3: okay okay sure sure you got that all from my mdb huh that's that's great <laughs> I sometimes love that.
2: i make stuff up but I
3: love it. anyway
2: vanessa
1: anything about the fight that you want to mention
3: it is a bit scary um <laughs> i think once i realized that they were on this side of the good guys it wasn't as scary mm-hmm. but it's just that slow trotting toward the nazis it's so scary so um but you know what i don't find it as scary As the scene where the nightgown and then the oh oh, the mannequin legs oh the mannequin (laughs) legs are so terrifying. That could
2: that couldn't be you know why she got mannequin legs
3: in her house anyway? What's going on with that witchy lady? What she need those
4: for? That was so scary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're diving deep into it, Anna. What are your thoughts?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just that scene to me is so long, like. We, we see the slow motion of them coming up and then we see the side angle of the horses and then we see the back of the horses and then they, so like we see a lot of that scene, which I understand cause it's, it's very key, but it's just, um, I, I mean, even now I'm a little bit like uh a little bit scared about what's going on because it's kind of, Kind of terrifying. Like are they ghosts or what are they doing? You have to remind yourself: no, these are inanimate objects that are brought to life for the greater good. Like you have to keep telling yourself this when you're seeing this mm-hmm. scene. Um, there but, were trumpeters, really Vanessa. There were trumpeters and there were that brass that
2: drummers. Yeah, that brass, the drummers, was, and then bagpipes. I love the it bagpipes. It was like honestly. being
3: on Main Street. <laughs> yeah. USA. I it. Just live I performances. I have to point out though that. This same scene essentially happens in the Harry Potter films. Professor McGonagall takes the the armor and brings it to life, and they go fight off the bad wizards. Hmm. So, wow. hmm. uh, J.K. Rowling, I believe you owe some funds to the Thank Walt you. Disney Company mm-hmm. for stealing <laughs> that idea. Mm-hmm. But but then it just connects. My you know <laughs> the if, theory. If Mary Poppins went to Hogwarts, that's the connection cuz Professor McGonagall stole the spell from which price and which price is obviously connected to
2: Okay, now it's starting to
3: Mary Poppins me. because she's in the second Mary Be- Poppins movie. It's canon.
1: No, Vanessa, the cat I thought the cat was Binx from Hocus Pocus. And the, the cat... cat is McGonagall. Cosmic. Cosmic creatures.
3: Do you think? <laughs> or is the cat or the Winifred sisters connected? Are they Slytherins?
2: Huh? Oh. Maybe. Oh my gosh. Now it's
3: my. All connected. This is, this
2: is a little too. That cat was awesome, though. A... That cat was basically our cat. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Our... Oh, I'm like going, get that cat to a groomer. <laughs> our cat's pretty well groomed but uh he definitely is Henri for sure well that was okay but i'm just like going you know you need a something come on comb your hair cat i'm like go well, here get someone yeah i'm like going well i guess that was the look okay it so let's talk about you know you
1: mentioned gripes there vanessa i will say that i think my gripe for this film and you're gonna laugh at me I, there there are two scenes and you mentioned one of them being the fight scene at the end and the other one being uh, the Portobello scene where you it, it is they are like if you cut those down a little bit this scene this movie becomes an hour and a half and it's like
0: <laughs> Portobello was cut the- down <laughs>
2: And right like in your wheelhouse, there.
1: Craig, right, right in my wheelhouse, like, yeah. you know, I was watching, I, I was watching other films this weekend too. I saw Chip and Dale rescue Rangers. It was like an hour and 34 minutes. It's, it spoke to me. I was very happy with that length of time, but no, there are, I think that this probably could have used a little bit of an edit and you know what, maybe the visual effects, maybe the reason why we are seeing like Anna was saying, like we're seeing all the different angles of the horse and stuff like that. They really <laughs> wanted to get that visual effects award. Little did they know 50 years from now, the Academy is not going to care about them and put them on earlier than the production uh, uh, of the actual night of the ceremony. But uh, Brandon, do you have any gripes about this film? Because you've seen it more than any of us have.
0: (laughs) No, well, my, uh, yeah, I mean, I... Like I mentioned, some Portobello it does go on a little too long, even though I like it. But I don't, I don't understand the point of casting somebody of the stature of Roddy McDowell to give him two little walk-on cameos, and he's third build <laughs> in the movie. I don't get it. I don't get what the purpose of the character is, why he's there, you know, anything like that. So I just thought that was weird, and I'm sure they had to pay him quite a bit.
2: Well, it was maybe part of his Bullwhip Griffin contract that you know yeah. they had to, you know. <laughs> You just didn't you want depend- to do. You didn't even know Bulwitt Gripin. Yeah, I know. Hello. Anyway, yeah. So they, <laughs> Which, you know, it was which like- one
3: was was this guy again?
0: Roddy McDowell. He was the priest at the beginning, oh. and the- he's the one that gets attacked by the nightgown. I'm just like, you cast somebody who's a big star like Roddy McDowell to come on and do these couple scenes, and that's it. But
2: <laughs> well, he was in there. He was you know, in he, Disney. He was just hanging around yeah, the lot that day. Yeah, probably. Oh. Oh, is it time for my gripes? I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead. <laughs> Always, Brett. Always time for okay. your gripes.
2: Well, I'm sorry. It's not really a gripe because I don't gripe. But um, oh, look at the eyes, boy. The Uga eyes on Craig there. Okay, so I'm just thinking that the as a big a fan of soccer or football as I am, I'm thinking that that went on way too long. I'm that yes. just went on way too long, but I could have, well, anyway, uh
0: you could do a peanut butter and biscuits episode on which Ted Lasso character, each of those animals are. I was going to mention, I was going <laughs> to mention to
1: Brett that if he wants to get more into football, there's a great show on Apple TV plus that he could watch.
2: <laughs> oh, really? Oh, you're even calling it football. Well, how, yes, that's interesting. I'm happy for you. Um Yeah. So, but anyway, so that <laughs> scene was a little bit too long for you. It as was the trampoline.
3: Way. Brett and I have, I've, I'm going to take credit for this, Brett. Where I've told you it's funny once, it's funny twice, three times is too much, <laughs> and there's way too much trampoline. We got that's the much joke.
2: Much. We got the joke.
3: By the third time, that's enough. That's it. No more. And then they just kept going with it. They needed to. <laughs>
0: Yep. You get a well, goofy laugh to... in it at least, yeah, we do at least <laughs> we got...
2: i mean there's this there's this rumor I'd heard, i don't know maybe maybe brandon, you're the person to uh confirm this, but I'd heard that that, that goofy laugh was like is is in all most a lot of disney films, and i' mm. i you do hear it a lot so i think that's one of those i don't know hidden goofy laughs instead of is it like the wilhelm
1: scream or
2: whatever that they try to like sneak it in nope nope it's the goofy wahoo hoo hoo -hoo -hoo uh you know thing (laughs) right that wasn't yeah that wasn't where's bill farmer when you need him
1: (laughs) but you but you know like brett you know the what a wilhelm scream is it's that Mm -hmm. okay yes so that's i mean like are they just trying to like sneak it in on on all i think this
2: precedes that so okay so, they're calling back to goofy. In fact.
1: With a goofy laugh.
2: Well, yes. Well, yeah. It <laughs> happened before the scream that you mentioned.
1: Are there any scenes
2: that are there any scenes that you would like to
1: cut uh down a little bit or any gripes that you have, Anna?
4: I think just to harken back to what was is we've already mentioned, um those really stick for me as well. Um I don't know. I wish some of the dialogue was maybe a little bit clippier. To me, some of that kind of dragged on a little bit too much. But for me it's just pacing in this movie that I wish was maybe a little bit quicker for some of the scenes.
1: Yeah, I could totally get that. And I mean I like think that like, you know, again it, it gets in, it gets out, but it could get in and get out a little bit quicker, I think. Um for the most part.
2: Yeah, but who are we? <laughs> We're just, you know, we're adult people and watching this film from 1971. So we're uh, podcasters
1: talking about a film 50 years after it's premiered. Oh, okay. So well, clearly we are the experts on this. I mean, Brandon watches this every 10 and a half months on <laughs> okay. a schedule. So,
3: okay, 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 okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. I'd like to take a poll now. How many of you wanted a rabbit? after you watched this movie can
1: we pour one out for the rabbit trainer i mean that rabbit was great i mean i'm assuming multiple rabbits right do you think there was multiple rabbits or was it one rabbit
2: the very talented rabbit
3: he has his own agent and dressing room <laughs> yes. lots was, of carrots he was better yeah. than the
2: cat i'm thinking
3: mm-hmm. are there
2: are there animal oscars brandon are there animal oscars
0: i don't believe i don't think there's even animal training oscars
2: well, let's remedy that. That's sad. <laughs> I'm crushed. Uh-huh. Oh, wait.
1: Anskers, what would those be called?
2: I don't know. Osmals. <laughs> the know. crazy letters pushed together, Craig. I don't know. Anyway, let's. It's anyway. It's charming. What are the charm.
1: Oscars named after again, Brandon? I don't know.
0: Well, there's, I mean, there's different sources, but apparently <laughs> Betty Davis appa- apparently, Betty, David, apparently <laughs> Betty Davis said it looked like one of her ex husbands from the back, so they called oh, it an Oscar because okay. of that. So,
2: oh, okay. But it looks like my uncle Oscar. No, I guess, I, sorry, that was sorry, bad that was a bad. Betty it Davis,
3: would be sorry. called the Apotomy Awards. Uh, awards. Apotomy Awards. No.
2: Oh, that's cute. I like, I like that. I like See, it. that was good.
1: That got a little laugh from Anna, so that was good. That was good.
3: At least I have an audience of one.
1: Uh, two, at least two. Speaking of having an audience of one, we're losing listeners by the moment. So let's start to wrap this thing up. Uh, let's go to Brett for any kind of final thoughts on bed knobs and Broomsticks.
2: I, Brandon, you have, you have inspired me to watch this, if not every year, every decade. No, I mean every other year. How about that? Yeah. I'll do this. Yeah. It was charming. It was charming. And it was, I had so much more fun than I, I thought I would. (laughs) Oops. Anna.
4: Yeah. I think it's a good one to go back to. I'm surprised it took me this long to watch it. um, Because I'd watched it so much when I was little. So it was a great one to come back to. If you haven't seen it for a while, I do do recommend.
1: Vanessa, your final thoughts.
4: I enjoyed it.
3: Reliving some of my childhood Which apparently some of I had Some of which I had repressed When it comes to the Nazis I don't want to remember that part But I actually think I watched this movie More than I ever watched Mary Poppins And for that reason It has a real fondness uh, Back in the old dusty cobweb files In my brain So I would say if you haven't watched it in a while Watch it Maybe not every year like Brandon does But you know, certainly every now and then it's a good one to come back to. Yeah, I liked it.
1: Brandon, what I didn't I didn't spring this on anybody else because it's not fair to, you, but I will to you because I'm unfair to you. You're you're going towards the Disney Plus screen. Uh-huh. And there's two paths. There's either Mary Poppins. Oh gee. Or there's Bed Knobs <laughs> and Broomsticks. Which direction
2: do you take? Oh man. Pete's Dragon. Yeah.
3: That's, and that's Dragon. another one that I watched a whole that. bunch. Yeah. So Brandon, yeah. and I have the like fondness of your was, childhood. Is, I
1: think that's my dad's like favorite movie. He loves Pete's yeah. Dragon. So I saw that so yeah. many times.
0: Oh, I, I don't know, Craig. You got to be in a certain mood for both of them, I think. It just
2: depends on... Do you pack a lunch or do you I, I a lunch say, a I, will,
0: I will say, if, if Disney Plus was around when I was four or five, I probably would have done Bedknobs. Um, but just cause like Vanessa, I think I watched it more. We had the, the, I remember we, my parents might still have the VHS and the, the tapes weren't out cause I watched it all the time. But, um, but no i mean i uh, i i watch them both for different reasons i think uh th- there's a great nostalgic feel when i watch bed knobs just because it's got it's got kind of this unpolished charm that poppins doesn't have so the, so it, it depends on the mood but l- like i said poppins is a better film but sometimes i'm just in the mood for bed knobs though and i you know you can't explain why but it's got that it's got that great fun um nostalgic feel for me
1: and uh, any additional final thoughts that you might have?
0: No, it's just a charming movie. I think that, um, you know, m- Disney movies from the late 60s through the mid 80s kind of unfortunately get overlooked. So I think it's an era that some people need to go back and take a look at. It's like people think that the disney canon goes from waltz era and then begins again with little mermaid but there's you know all of this content in between some of it's good some of it's not but uh, there's definitely little gems and i think bed knobs is one of them
1: and things like robin hood as well in their animation so i totally am right there with you for sure Brandon, you are crushing it on classics. Uh, you have people sending you books. You have people requesting to be on your show. You have just this amazing content that you're putting out. So can you talk, talk to us a bit about classics, especially if you are listeners to Beyond the Mouse and you really enjoy anything about classic films? I can't recommend it enough, but go ahead and, and tell them about your show.
0: We've had quite a uh, 2022. I couldn't have predicted it would have gone the way it did in January, but um, I've had some great interviews uh, the last couple months. Um, I talked with Michael Feinstein um, just earlier this month about the Great American Songbook. I talked with um, Christian Blavelt, who I talked with last year, about a movie uh, called The Human Comedy. Eric and I have had great discussions on Bonnie and Clyde um recently and then he and uh alice and means and i are going to be talking again soon about a, a movie called a place in the sun um and then uh hopefully i think coming up in the summer months i'm going to be talking with some uh three-time guests i'm going to be talking with patricia ward kelly again this summer, and I'm going to be talking with my buddy Jeremy Arnold um, again about. Um, he he's actually going to come on and talk about the art of doing audio commentaries for classic films. So that'll be a fun, that'll be a fun episode. And then with Patricia, it's the uh, 70th anniversary of Singing in the Rain. So a lot of fun stuff, and then a lot of great uh, front row pals will be joining us this summer to talk about movies like. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Strangers on a Train, Roman Holiday, and then we're going to try and get bread on for a What's Up Doc, which we've been talking about. So, uh, and oh, and then uh, Craig, we do have to uh, do our make good for a Rebel Without a Cause. So, seriously
1: i watched the wrong film but i ended up really enjoying rebel without a cause yes. so much more than the film that we're the streetcar named desire which is what i was supposed to watch that day but no that is great and i will tell you brandon i i could spend about 15 minutes here picking up all the names off the floor that you were just dropping but you have also <laughs> spoke to ben makewitz as well yes like, and
0: that was i don't know a how i forgot conversation that.
1: Yeah. So I would definitely suggest that you go and you check out classics for sure. It's just incredible the work that you're doing. And it, I learned so much about film, but in an entertaining way that keeps me coming back for sure. And it makes me want to check out a lot of these classic films, which I think is kind of what you are trying to uh, get out to the masses that you should go and check out these classic films, right?
0: Definitely. Yep. If awesome. You, if you stop talking about them, they, uh, they go away. So you got to keep talking about them.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Anna, thanks for joining us as a guest as well.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: For sure. It's so nice to get to chat with you. And it was fun to get to watch uh, all of you uh, or talk about this movie with all of you in the uh, thread last night. I don't want to say I was watching all of you last night. That sounds creepy for sure. Um, Any final thoughts as we wrap this thing up, Vanessa?
3: I just have to say I love our group watches (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I know we're not together, but the chat is so like it, it's too bad we can't like publish our thread sometime because it's quite hilarious and it's it's just really a lot of fun. It's it's so funny because when we talk about later after the fact when we when we watched it together, like in my mind you were all there, but obviously you're not there. You're in that like even when we look back at like Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island and things like that. Well, Brett, maybe you and I were the only ones. Watching I know. And, Treasure Island, and Sleepless. But, no, but,
0: but still um, yeah. like
3: that's I think I'm like, oh, yeah. And my friends okay. were there. Oh, I guess they weren't there. But, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. And I would recommend that to people listening. You got to try it. Just everybody hit play at the same time and then chat about during the movie. It's a lot of fun.
1: Well, you know, our buddy, uh, Matthew Kroll, for his patron folks, he does uh, group watches and they're, they seem like they're always a lot of fun. They're always at times I can't participate, but he's just got a, a never-ending comment thread going on on all these films. And so they are a lot of fun for sure. It helps you feel a bit more connected while you're watching the film and gives you different unique takes and perspectives as well. Brett, uh, lead us out here before I give all the plugs. What, do you, what else do you have to say?
2: Uh, I, you know, well, I was... Okay, because this was a film that was made before you were born, and um, and I I sometimes um I just want you to watch it tenderly, and you know, and not look at it with well, the CG was you know the, the well there was no CG you know the special effects were so oh, you know and you were not like that at all. So thank you for being respectful of films before your time. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, Brett, I'll just. Try- <laughs>
1: this film would be so much cooler it'd be so lit if there was <laughs> in it for sure but
3: don't change uh, that bed that bed's still hella dope
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so comfy so comfy all right well this this has just been so great uh if this is your first beyond the mouse uh I'm sorry, uh, but definitely go back and listen to a bunch of our other episodes in the past. Uh, We just chat Disney. We also do character drafts, which are a lot of fun. Aren't they, Brett? We also uh, get to do lots of different interviews and things like that as well. You can find Beyond the Mouse anywhere that you can find podcasts uh, just for searching Beyond the Mouse. You can also follow us on Facebook on Beyond the Mouse podcast. We really would like you to join our group, Beyond the Mouse podcast pals, because that's a great place to interact. And maybe, I don't know maybe do a group watch or something like that someday in that group for sure and then also uh you can follow us on twitter at beyond mouse and then instagram beyond the mouse pod so i think that that's all that we have for bed knobs and broomsticks it's been such a really fun night so for beyond the mouse i am craig i'm vanessa i'm brett i'm brandon and i'm anna and we will see you real soon underneath the briny sea bobbing along is that what we're gonna do? Yeah, we're gonna Bob?
2: Why not? I'm we're not gonna a gonna good bob swimmer. But, can we yeah. invite
1: someone named Bob? Bob with Bob in the briny sea? Oh
2: gosh. <clears throat> oh, bit of trivia. Um, that uh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see, Ian? No, the Ian. Sorry, yeah, Ian who played Charlie um, also worked at Epcot. Um, dang,
1: I like that trivia.
2: That's great to end on. So that was like, yeah. Oh yeah, there, and this and this very tedious Disney fact. But you know, that's me. <laughs> All right. <laughs>